So here comes in the first question of the day. It comes in from Penny. Uh, she asked it on Facebook. Thank you so much, Penny, for asking it. Um, I have a friend and a family member who are both struggling with living under condemnation. They've both discussed with me that they are so afraid that when they sin and haven't had time to confess and ask forgiveness, that and they should die suddenly, that they will go to hell. The more I try to reassure them, the more I can tell that they still do not quite believe me. Both have repented and confessed, and from what I can see are born again. Please give me some passages that I can actually print out and send to them, so that they can read them over and over until the truth sinks in. I struggled with the same issue for years and years until I started attending Faith Baptist in Vitbank, thanks to the ministry of Pastor David McCrum, and thanks in, in, in anticipation. Thank you for the detailed question, Penny. I really appreciate it. Sometimes questions come in and they're one-liners and you've got no context, but you really did give both myself and the listeners quite a lot of context uh, to your question. Uh, there's so much going on in there. Maybe just to say, uh, I really love your previous pastor, David McCrum. I love your present pastor as well. I think you attend Calvary Baptist in Pretoria and uh, uh, I love the ministry of Pastor Brian Fillion there. Um, but Faith Baptist in Vitbank are friends. I've been there many times. I've actually taught at that church uh, at a conference at a workshop really really enjoyed it and uh, and know the present uh, pastor there as well Clive and uh, have a heart for them we've got a number of people who listen into the show from Vitbank and who attend uh, at Faith Baptist so shout out if you're listening in from Vitbank uh, today as for your question this is a question that really believers do have to work through um, uh, believers of 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 throughout all time uh, the reality is um, this idea of assurance of salvation um, and understanding uh, is something that most people struggle with at some time in their Christian faith particularly as it relates to sin and so it's not uncommon you experienced it yourself and I know that many others have and do too um, and you are right in terms of the pull that needs to be prescribed by a doctor for this particular um, uh, issue um, and that is scripture we need to dwell on scripture we need to meditate on scripture we need to think on scripture we need to be saturated with scripture if we are to receive the kinds of assurance that we need now there are plenty of places that we can go to in order to discuss this topic of assurance. I want to take you to one place because I, I think it is such a comprehensive place. Um, I, two passages actually come to mind. The one passage is John chapter 6 where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he makes some comments around assurance uh, just after he feeds the uh, the multitude with, uh, with bread and with fish and before many of his disciples leave some of his statements relate to assurance and that would be a great place to go to but for me the place that has really made a difference to my own spiritual walk is the book of Romans and in particular Romans chapter 8 now I'm replying for those who might have just uh, listened in now I'm replying to a question that we received via Facebook from Penny and the question is um, uh, friends struggling with living under condemnation and that they have both discussed with me that they are so afraid that when they sin they haven't had time to confess and ask for forgiveness 
you had to turn to Romans chapter 8, the reason why it is just such a fantastic place to begin, Penny, is that Romans chapter 8 verse 1 starts off with these words. There is therefore, and we've got to ask what the therefore is there for, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And chapter 8 of Romans goes on and talks about who keeps us saved. Who saved us in the first place and who keeps us saved till the end place? And the answer is those who are in Christ Jesus. It's Christ Jesus who saves us. Paul is asking the question um, uh, or, or is making the statement, there's therefore now no condemnation. And the therefore is there because it connects chapter 8 to chapters 1 through the end of 7. Um, the, the bottom line is there is a war which has been waged between the law of God, and you can read about that in chapter 7 verse 22a, and the law of sin, 25b. And Paul has been speaking about his inner being in chapter 22, the second half of that verse, and he is despairing in verse 24 except for this <laughs> Christ Jesus our Lord at the beginning of verse 25 maybe just to read from verse 21 through to verse 25 of chapter 7 Paul had said so I find it to be a law um, when I want to do right evil lies close at hand for I delight in the law of God in my inner being but I see my members another law uh, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members and then he says wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death I keep on sinning I don't want to sin my spirit is telling me not to sin but I fall into sin who can deliver me from this body of death and then he bursts out into praise and thanks and gratitude thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord and then he says so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind but with my flesh I serve the law of sin and then he breaks out into this discussion there's now no no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus why for the law of the spirit of life uh, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death that's verse 2 of chapter 8 uh, the the applications are are fairly simple and easy to understand for those who are in rebellion to God we are to flee condemnation and to flee condemnation means that we must turn to Christ for those who are looking for God you need to know that there is no salvation in any other name other than that of Jesus Christ because it is only in him that there is no condemnation for those who have slid back into sin you, you, we need to remember to repent turn away from our sin and live holy lives the the law of the spirit of life for those who are believers we need to know that we can live confidently in this world there is now no condemnation um, for those who are in Christ Jesus for those who have been believers for a while we need to live holy lives um, it talks about the law of the spirit of life has set us free what have we been set free to do not to sin friends we have been set free to live lives to God's praise and glory and to those who have been in Christ Jesus for a while who are long in the faith 
friends, look forward to a future without sin. That's what we've been set free to ultimately, uh, to a glorified future eternity where we can enjoy God forever, even without sin around us. Um, The reason why Romans chapter 8 is such a good chapter to dwell in is because it deals with your question directly. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, But in reality, the entire chapter revolves around this conversation of assurance. As you get to verse 16, which is something I was studying last night together with some friends. As you get to verse 16, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit within us, bearing witness to us that we are saved. And how does the Spirit bear witness? Well, we discover in verse 12 to verse uh, verse 15 that the Spirit bears witness as he testifies to us of our changed disposition toward God. We now cry out to God saying, Abba, Father. Um, The Spirit bears witness as he talks to us in our inner being um, making uh, making representations to us almost like an advocate of God's changed disposition toward us we're, we're now adopted children of God and the spirit testifies bears witness to us within our inner being as he demonstrates the fruit of salvation which are being issued forth from lives which are transformed converted and um, progressing in sanctification to God's praise and to his glory and then penny the greatest end i think to any chapter although <laughs> i find lots of great ends to many chapters in the bible but i particularly like the end of romans chapter 8 when Paul returns to this question of can we be assured can we be assured that God will persevere us to the end that our salvation was won by Christ and we will be kept by Christ all the way to the end of our journey and Paul answers that question from verse 31 and following by saying what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against god's elect (laughs) will will satan um testify against those who are in christ at the end of days no because it's god who ultimately has justified us paul says who is to condemn well if anybody could damn it would condemn us it would be Christ but Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised and who's at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us Jesus is on our side how could we possibly fail who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we were we are being killed all the day long We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, Paul says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Penny, your question was excellent because you asked for a scripture that they can dwell on in order to be affirmed and confirmed in their faith. And the scripture that I would offer would be the whole of chapter 8 
of the book of Romans. You can dwell on that chapter till the cows come home. I think uh, the Bible study that I'm working through this chapter with um, is on at least the 11th uh, two-hour session, and we're have only made it to verse 16 we've got quite a long way to go but it's because it is so rich and so amazing and so lovely and it certainly is written that we might be assured that those who are in Christ will not face condemnation thanks for the question Penny I hope that I got it before you have to leave um, for 10 o'clock load shedding and I do trust that you enjoy both today being Friday and the Lord's Day uh, being Sunday as you gather together with God's people I'm just uh, looking at the control booth uh, at uh, our technician. Do we have a listener on the line at the moment? Okay, no problem. Uh, are we going to be phoning them back? Um, okay. Um, and, uh, uh, well, uh, Aki from Vereniging. Uh, from Vereniging. What's happening with my Afrikaans today? I can't even say, can't even say words. Uh, thanks for phoning in. I'm sorry that I was in the middle of a conversation. Please feel free to phone back. Um, it's always great to have people uh, on the line. Penny does say uh, to us, well, Mark, uh, that is the best and most comprehensive answer I've ever had. Uh, I will be sharing this podcast with both of them over and over again if necessary. Uh, Thank you so very much. Be blessed, my brother, and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. That's, like, really encouraging. (laughs) Well, I love God's Word um, because it has the kinds of answers to the kinds of questions that we all face. Friends, uh, this question of assurance is a question which just pastorally comes up so much. Um, whether it be those who are caught in sin and fearing for their eternal security, or whether it be um, those who just haven't been exposed to chapters of the Bible like Romans chapter 8. Uh, assurance of salvation is something that many people struggle with. Pastorally, let me give a just a caveat of a warning, um, that if you are in habitual sin, Paul would encourage you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 toward the end of that chapter after he's spoken about communion Paul would encourage you to examine yourself to see if the truth is in you um he would he would he would say um he would echo the words of Jesus that a a tree is known by its fruit that good trees produce good fruit and bad trees produce bad fruit and elsewhere where Jesus says that out of the mouth uh, comes what really spills out of the heart um, and the warning would be that if your life isn't conformed to scripture if you're not growing in grace if you're not growing in sanctification if you're not progressing in this life um, if the spirit isn't making testimony within your heart that you have a changed disposition towards God and God has a changed disposition towards you and if you are not living a life uh, of increased holiness that you have every reason to examine yourself to make sure that the truth is in you but friend if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior if you have believed that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day died on the cross for your sins as he died declared those most wonderful words it is finished (laughs) the payment had been made your sins have been accounted for if you believe that message 
if you believe that he rose from the grave, that the payment was accepted, that he has defeated death and the devil, he is the conqueror, the darling of heaven is your champion. <laughs> if you believe that, friend, if you've repented of your sins and placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, called upon him, believed in your heart that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and profess that with your lips then you are saved <laughs> you are kept in the hand of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ's hand is in the hands of the Father you are doubly safe till eternity comes and you stand one day before God you know even as I'm talking I, I didn't I, in fact I wasn't looking to see if other questions had come in but this is such a good question and it's really um, so super exciting to answer it uh, I, I do want to appeal to one more scripture and and that's to a scripture which I've had on my heart and in my mind for years and years and years and, and that's this conversation at the end of the book of Revelation I, I might have appealed to it before I'm not a hundred percent sure but in Revelation chapter 20 chapter 19 uh, we have just a great praise party in, he in heaven at the beginning of the chapter hallelujahs are being offered um, and once more they cry out hallelujah and the smoke goes up from her forever and uh, the, the 24 elders and the four living creatures are falling down and worshipping God who is seated on the throne saying amen and hallelujah and they are praising our God all you servants who fear him both small and great and on that <laughs> The lamb returns, the rider on the white horse, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. He comes back to judge um, the world. The, the armies of the world fall before him. Um, no one can stand in his presence. And uh, ultimately, he overthrows all uh, who rise up against him. And he establishes a throne. We're not going to get into that right now. Um, but that begins at the, that conversation begins at the start of chapter 20. He establishes a throne. He establishes his kingdom. He defeats Satan from verse 7. And then in verse 11, we have a final judgment. Let me read it to you. Then I, sought, uh, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. For from his presence, sky, uh, uh, the, the earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened then another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done and the sea gave up the dead who are in it death and Hades gave up the dead who are in them and they were judged each one of them according to what they had done and then death and Hades were thrown into a lake of fire this is the second death the lake of fire and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire now maybe just to exposit this passage a little bit it's a it's an incredible scene it's the great white throne judgment we know who's sitting on the throne it's Jesus Christ our glorified wonderful savior is now sitting on the throne as the judge of all the world this is the final judgment the chips are down <laughs> nothing more remains all the dead are raised to stand before the throne and there's two sets of books the first set of books appears to be the book of works 
It's the kinds of things that you did. <laughs> Many people go through this life hoping that they do just a little bit more good than they do bad because they think maybe 50% plus one will get them into heaven. You know, you give a bit to the church and you help old ladies across the road and you take care of your parents and maybe you have done enough to get yourself into heaven. On that day, those people will be staggered because they will stand before a God who is holy and separated from sin and they will stand in their own sin. Even their good works that they offer up will be like filthy rags. They will go through those books looking for their good works, trying to give an account before the judge of the living and the dead and they will come up short every single one of them friends it doesn't matter how good you are <laughs> good people go to hell perfect people go to heaven i'll give some thought to your own life could you describe yourself in any way as perfect well i'm telling you you're not the Bible reveals the state of all men. All have sinned and fallen short of the righteousness of God. That's me, that's you, and that's everyone who has ever lived but one. We'll get to him now. And the wages of our sin is death, without any exception. People who rely on their own good works at the end of this age will come up short, and their judgment is certain. Verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. How might you escape such a judgment, even with the words of Romans chapter 8 verse 1 echoing in our ears there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus to escape the certain fate of all the world you need a righteousness which is not your own a perfection which does not come from you you need Jesus Christ and he's spoken about in verse 15 and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life those names written in the book of life I've heard said are written in the Lamb's own blood Jesus died that they might be saved friends if you are to be saved you must cast yourself upon the person of of Jesus if you do you have every assurance that you will be saved at the end of the age your name is written in the Lamb's book of life but friends, if you are re re relying on your own good works, on your own righteousness and holiness, you certainly will come up short. 